0: good afternoon young readers good to have your company this is the after school book club show number 11 it's wednesday the 7th of april 2021 and we have james carter with us how could life get any better Hello, Good afternoon to you. The show page is up and running. Everything is online. We can text us, tweet us, email us. You could send a pigeon. We'd love to hear from you on tonight's fabulous show. We are so looking forward to this. I am hosting with a fabulous Maria. Maria, how's your day been?
1: It has been absolutely wonderful. Bit chilly, but um, you know, it's, it, it's, the, it's spring. It's spring, so, so
0: it's peculiar it's time of and year, isn't it? They say April showers, and they really aren't mm. wrong, are they? It's, it's boiling hot, sun cream, and then umbrellas. Sun cream and umbrellas. It's my latest poem. Sun cream and umbrellas. Well, folks, Ooh, I, like uh, I know. Thank you so much. You're not on yet. Be quiet. Thank you. Pipe down there. Oh. Uh, thank you very much. Welcome to us. <laughs> you have not heard our guest. He's leaking out of the green room. Uh, after school book club, folks, is taking on a new persona today oh yes it's more of a sing-along or a hum-along if you like as our guest (laughs) is mr james Carter, you can tell the mood that he's in as well can't you already pipe down there sir it's like someone popping out of the the interview there he's equipped himself with a small orchestra more of that later on folks and uh, this week as all the schools in the uk are on holidays lots of colleagues are thinking about their planning for next term aren't they maria and that's just the right time we thought to introduce some poetry there's simply not enough poetry in the Curriculum. That's me saying that, not Gove or anyone else. I don't think they there is. I think poetry feeds my soul in a way that other literature just simply doesn't reach. There are some great books out there. We've had some great authors on our show. There's just something magical about bite size easily digestible poetry that kind of makes a huge difference. And I know that you'll agree. Our guest is just absolutely fantastic he's no stranger to the show he's been on lots of times and we are very lucky to welcome him Uh, folks if you want to go to the website it's learnradio.net forward slash james carter you'll find a padlet there you can write on it all the contact details you can listen to the show on your mobile device your smart speaker or from the web page if you'd like as well and this evening we are looking at james's latest book weird wild and wonderful it's a stunning collection of poetry and it's out now we've teamed up with tony higginson he always loves a mention on the show from beyond books to offer readers a simple, safe click-through purchase that doesn't involve uh, a certain amount of uh, large bookseller action as well. We like the small independents, and that's who we are supporting this evening. So just visit the show page and click on the Buy button. I can see that some folk have already done that. Thank you so much, Emma. Uh, Really good that, uh, that you have done that as well. We loved this collection, didn't we, Maria?
1: oh i absolutely loved it It, the sections were so beautiful and what i tried to do as well russell is read each poem three times so the first time i would just read it
2: Mm. and then the
1: second time i would read it and then the third time i would read it you know so that it went in because there's such a lot of work that goes into this poetry i didn't just want to consume i just wanted to to read and 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 let it let it let it seep into me.
0: Yes and there's a level of contemplation required mm-hmm. as well I just look at them, I stare at the words and see what happens there as well, trace the words with my fingers and if there's a shape as well I like to move round the shape with my fingers there as well and if you love James's work you won't be disappointed, this book certainly delivers listeners as well as bringing many poems together that James has already published as as far back as 1997 now that will predate some of our listening audience today as well and probably some of the educators that are listening as well, <laughs> younger every year, I swear. Uh, there are eight new titles in here as well. Everything is open. If you want to text us, 078 600 26 hundred twenty six four hundred. Contact form is up. Email is live, and we'd love to hear from you. Use the hashtag if you're adult enough and on Twitter. After school book club to get our attention. And uh, James also has a most splendid website of his own, folks. And there you can book him for anything from a letter opening to a reading. He'll attend one of those, honestly. Yeah, to a reading at school, he's oh, on. Either. I know he's on Zoom like you can't believe and he's a real pro and he's always good uh, for a great laugh as well james carterpoet.co.uk is where you need to go that's enough of me let's welcome the man to the show good afternoon hey good to have you company humans. hey it's emotional and the rest Christmas. of us no, don't go all just, oh dear. don't go all weepy on us honestly i have we I have. just I'm can't as well my own uh,
2: so Lacrimosity. yeah oh,
0: bless you now uh, just imagine if you can <laughs> it's the you. first time we've met tell me about yourself james
2: I'm a children's poet and non-fiction writer I originally trained as an infant teacher I've been a lecturer at Reading University in creative writing and children's literature in the last 20 years I visit over 1,300 primary schools in the UK and abroad
0: wow that's I a lot that's worth a, that's worth one of those that's a lot
2: I'll the guitar very um i play the uh, guitar okay i have been playing for 46 years and i play the melodica extremely badly but hey i quite enjoy that
0: but you haven't told anyone that yet that has escaped us as well you <laughs> still insist on us sitting through a rendition of your oh, favorite no. ditty so honestly that was really good uh just absolutely stunning as well maria you've got our first question for james this afternoon
1: oh thank you this is such a treat i look forward to wednesdays but this show in particular with james i mean it's just wonderful thank you. Now, James, you, can you tell our listeners a little bit about the magic wood at the back of your house?
2: Well, I guess it's because because people always say, where do you get your ideas from? And, and I like to be as original as possible. And sometimes I stop reading children's poetry because I don't want to be influenced by anything else. And so one day someone says, where do you get your ideas from? And I said, well, if I can't sleep, I put my SpongeBob slippers on creep out the back, and if there's a full moon, I crawl through the magic wood. And I thought, oh, I quite like that. I sometimes find myself riffing on something, improvising, thinking, oh, keep that. I like that. That's an interesting idea there. And, and so it it's just a, it's just a metaphor for, for my imagination, really. But I think, first and foremost, my poems always start in the real world. I'm not a fiction writer. I don't make things up. I did make up the magic wood because, actually, there's a nice field out the back, um, but I, I'm inspired by real things, whether it's a 35,000-year-old woolly mammoth skull in the River Thames that was found down there a, a few years back, or it's a tree in my back garden we had chopped down to a Cloud or a hill or my wife or my children—just every—it's real thing. That inspire me, and I just try to find the right words to weave around that subject, and so I can and it was also to try and say something new. I, I, I keep saying this, but it's it's a new look at something old or something you've considered before, but try and consider it consider it in a new way. It's a very I know it sounds a bit pretentious, but it's that. but it's a philosophical thing for me. It's in on, on top of the hill this afternoon, just before I came back, I I, di- I wrote another definition of what a poem is. A poem poem is a little word world in which to pour your inky thinky thoughts. And they are my inky thinky thoughts. It's more about, as I get older as a poet, it's more about not just the language, because sometimes the language comes in autopilot, but it's me really thinking through something and thinking, what do I think about that and how can I present it in a way it's never been presented before? Like a poem I wrote okay. for World well, Poetry Day, which is all about the hands in the caves. You know, those prehistoric mm-hmm. people put those, their hands on the caves and those little prints of them. I wrote a poem about that, but it took me months to get the right words to say the right thoughts. And it's the marriage of thoughts, intellectual thoughts with little wordy words. But I love that. And I never get, I never lose patience. I never get frustrated by it. I have infinite patience for getting those words right. And if they're not right, I'll scrap them. And sometimes like the Love You More poem I go to read later, I, 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 I get frustrated with it, I stop it and then come back to it and go, oh, I know what I need. I need to do this. And that often happens with a poem.
1: That just sounds amazing. I, I like the idea of inky, thinky thoughts <laughs> and, that, and that you're a Thank word, you. a word weaver. Oh, I a am, it is village. weaving. It is,
2: it is. It is. It is. Yeah. It sounds a bit pretentious, but it, it, it is. You are weaving. Um, yeah. and Alan Orberg, I interviewed him once. He said you're weaving. He said it's knitting. For him, it's knitting one word and another word and another word. And pretty much with a poem, you're not thinking about the arc of a narrative, the beginning, the middle and end. You're just thinking about a a little thing on the page. And I do like working on a page. I often print something onto the screen and print it off and then work, I love physically working with ink from my pen and my, I write many scribbly pages and I doodle, I cross things out, I number the verses, I put in dashes and I change a dash to a comma, every little beat in there, every little dash is is important to the way that it would be received by, by that invisible reader.
1: That's mm. fabulous. Oh Russell, and you'd like to ask James about how he creates his poetry, although well, he started to talk to us hey, a little bit about that. I
0: know he's talked about that as well. We know that you sometimes spend a long time crafting we the do. poems. What's the longest, James, you've spent on a poem?
2: Oh, well, there's a poem in Weird, Wild and Wonderful, which I wrote in 1997 at the age of 37. Then at the age of 59 or whatever it was, I thought, I can do better than that. I hope I'm a better writer now. So I, the only bit I kept was the very ending. It's about a river it's a shape poem winding all the way down through the valleys through the hills and all the way down to the sea so the final few words of the poem are the sea the sea the sea but the first version from from all those years ago didn't scan very well it was a bit it was a bit of a lumpy bumpy ride and so I rewrote the whole poem with more of imagery I'm now more centered around imagery and showing people things I use lots of colors and lots of very descriptive image led words so that would probably be the oldest one in the book I think or, yeah, yeah, actually, yes, it is, yeah. So what's that? 47?
0: Uh, that's Forty-seven. That's 47 years.
2: No, it would be nineteen ninety-seven to 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 now. Whatever. The, I'm not very good
0: with numbers. Oh, it's just so gotta calculate. Hold on, it's just twenty twenty-one. Nineteen ninety-seven. Okay, so that's, oh, that's twenty-four. About, oh, I've I've shortchanged. That's twenty-four years. Well, yeah. so that's not bad. Twenty-four I mean, years for a poem. Of, I've just finished a piece of music.
2: Um, a guitar piece which I started in 1988 and I just finished it late. the latter part of so because because often you find little bits that work together and there's always sometimes you find there's a little missing bit and then you Hmm. you go back and then you insert a bit like it's the same the the process for writing music and poetry is often very very similar and you have to be open and not too fixed to thinking that's how I thought of it originally and that's how it should be like a piece of music I'll often change the key three times and change the time signature and same with the poem i'll you know like um uh, the, the the love poem i'm going to read you originally was do we love you to the moon and back and so i changed it to do i love you to the moon and back and it just seemed it seemed to work
0: excellent it certainly does as well uh, folks there's still plenty of time for you to write on the padlet loads of questions is in a really good mood uh, today for your questions as well so get those in maria uh what, what's our next question you've got for him
1: Thank you, Russell. I was just thinking about what he was saying about that things take time. Mm. You know, and actually it's very inspiring because I've been writing a a, a book since 2010 hey. and I just think, crikey, mm. when am I going to get yeah. that finished? <laughs> but actually, it, things do take time. You know, bulbs come out at the, you know, right season and, you know, blossoms at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, it all takes a little bit of time. Now, James, can I ask you a question about when you go to visit schools, you often take some of your friends, your friends, your lovely musical friends with you yep. in the form of instruments. Yep. Could you introduce our listeners this evening to, to some of them please?
2: Okay, so we got Eric who's a disco ukulele. Now Eric is a typical man who will only do one thing and that's it. So so Eric, this ukulele here, will only play disco which is You know, if it's only gonna be one genre of music, I guess, I guess <laughs> disco will do. Um, more open-minded is, is my melodica Steve. Oh, he'll play Steve's things my like my favourite. He'll play things like Herbie Hancock. Or my guitar, which takes a little bit of time to set up, but here we go. Goes like this.
0: Oh put your hands together folks that was amazing all right that's enough otherwise we have to pay royalties <laughs> Thank you, so thank you so much thank you that was brilliant absolutely brilliant very put the great. hands together there. a little
2: medley from disco to heavy oh, handcuffs
0: really too. good uh, and we'll ask for some more uh, there's an opportunity for you to, to do a bit more of that later on in the show now My you've best kindly best. agreed pleasure, Russell. bless thank you. you thank I you I you're good. very welcome uh, you've kindly agreed to read us three poems for us today James uh-huh. and you, and perhaps we you could call the first one off now so love you more it's on page 82 of the book folks if you've got that it to is. hand or if you're looking for it it's on page 82 James would you just like to read that to us now we'd really really enjoy that.
2: Okay. Love you more. Do I love you to the moon and back? No. I love you more than that. I love you to the desert sands, the mountains, stars, the planets, and I love you to the deepest sea and deeper still through history. Before, beyond, I love you then. I love you now. I will love you when the sun's gone out and the moon's gone home and all the stars are fully grown. When I no longer say these words, I'll give them to the wind, the birds, so that they will still be heard. I love
0: you. That's good. Well done. Thank you so much. Amazing. That's that's feeding the soul. That's feeding the soul, isn't it? That's good mm. stuff there as well. Wow. Thank
1: you. <laughs> and there's a beautiful illustration that goes with it as there well. Is. I mean I'm I'm just really I'm speechless I'm, so I'm, I hear a poem like that and it just you know what a lovely lovely beautiful you know inky thinky word weaving <laughs> that you've made thank you so much it's just beautiful thank, thank you, you so much James and um, we're back after this folks to chat more to the an- amazing James Carter with um, his book Weird Wild and Wonderful and if you'd like to comment or even ask James a question about his poems in this publication You've got a few moments to write on our show page. Just head to learnradio.net forward slash James Carter to find today's show page and just pop us a message on the Padlet. You just have to click on that clink. Click, you <laughs> can clink think if you want you to. to oh, click clink on
0: it. I'm going with <laughs> You can clink
1: on it. Clink. But we, we prefer if you click it. Yeah. Click on the pink circle and put your first name in the top box and your question or your comment below. And when you're happy with the text, just click on the background and we'll approve it. And whilst you're doing this, why not enjoy this fabulous music track? You're listening to Maria and Russell. This is the After School Book Club on learnradio.net.
0: It certainly is. It's 20 past five, 20 minutes past five. It's a Wednesday, the 7th of April. We are live across the planet. Good afternoon. Thank you so much indeed uh, for joining us. You have been writing a plenty on the Padlet. Maria, what do we have so far?
1: Thank you, Russell. So Jamie has written. Hi, James. You are our favourite poet. And it's amazing to hear all the works that you've translated over eight different languages. Crikey, that's a lot. However, he wants to ask you uh, when they are translated, do they lose any of their rhyme meaning at all?
2: That's a really, really, really good question, Jamie. And I hate to tell you the truth, but I have to trust people Mm -hmm. because I speak a little French, I speak a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of Italian and I know that my book Once Upon a Star, which was translated into Italian with the use of a bit of Googling, I, I read it in Italian and actually I thought it was better than what I'd written. <laughs> so they should have they should translate from the Italian back into the English. But you can only trust. But I do know that the Italian edition of Once Upon a Star, illustrated by Mar Hernandez, who's Spanish, um um published by Little Tiger, the Italian edition was actually done by um, an Italian poet. So they found the best person for me. And you can only trust people. Mm -hmm. Because even if I did know a bit of these languages, I wouldn't have enough experience to go, Oh, that French edition's good. That Korean one's not bad. And so you just have to hope, because you'd have to be fluent to be able to know if they were working or not. But I, I trust these people, they're professionals. And I just I just hope really, Jamie.
1: Great question. I mean, I'm bilingual, Spanish and English, and I, I speak as well, I speak Polish as well. But sometimes Jenky. it is difficult, you know, there are jenki, jenki, jenki. There are, Jenky. there are. There's lots of um, there's lots of word choices as well, because, you know, in some countries, in some languages, you know, instead of using one word, you can use, you know, four or five. There's, and the same and
2: in English. Four. And that's mm-hmm. why a poem takes infinite time, because for every word I use, there are infinite synonyms I could use. And I think, is this the best word? Is this the simplest word? Is it the most powerful word? But if I use that word, I could use alliteration. And and translators will have the same thing because they can't literally translate it word for word because the rhythm and flow of Italian, of Korean, of Brazilian, Portuguese or whatever, are completely different. You have to take the whole thing apart and then reassemble it with the music of that language, but try and say pretty much the same thing, which is a real skill, isn't it?
1: Mm, it is absolutely thank you thank you jamie that was an excellent question russell what else have we got on the show padlet
0: oh perfect thank you very much i was thought you might just go to the second one as well so um jamie's asked again i might as well do that one as well i'd also like to ask if there are any words you cannot use in a poem or rhyme we've ordered your book from the link and i cannot wait for it to come bless you jamie thank you so much so any words you can't use and you don't have to say them on the radio if you can't use them if you (laughs) know what i mean
2: Naughty words, or well, the thing is that it depends on
0: the um, on the rhythm of the
2: poem. If I'm writing a rhyming poem, for instance, there might be certain words that, like I've had this with my non-fiction series. Quite often, a certain word just will not fit in. Like I was doing a book about evolution, and, and getting the word evolution to fit in the flow. Of the language was really difficult, but I guess it depends on the on the type of poem you're doing. It might have too many syllables. It might not alliterate. So it really de- it, it's a really good question, actually. But I'd have to talk you through lots of different poems and show you and say, look at this one. I couldn't use this one and this one here, but it all depends on on the actual poem itself, really.
1: Yeah, or, or the word orange or purple or squirrel. Sometimes they're very difficult, aren't they? When I've been in clas- when I've been in the classroom, you know, and children have said to me, what rhymes with squirrel? And I'm like, good question. A young, a young Let's
0: look somewhere. World. He had a lovely pet squirrel. Yeah, we're all, we're all goes with it. That's OK. <laughs>
2: it does. And to be honest, you don't have, this is something um, I'm very keen on, is using half rhymes. Um, I don't always use, I can't think of an example. And I've written so many things with half rhyme. So I don't want to force a rhyme to have what I call a lazy rhyme. I went to the beach, I sat on a peach, I drank some bleach. Please don't try that at home, guys. But I'm just, a seagull went screech. And it's just randomly rhyming, which which in a sense is fun. But I want something that, like Maria said, she reread the poems. I want you to go back and go, oh, oh, I didn't spot all that. I want to weave in lots of different meanings, without it being too cluttered, and and rhymes. I don't get too hung up on them. I have been writing rhyming stuff since I was 15 when I started writing really bad songs. Oh golly, they were they were awful. Um, and I just started, you know, I got my guitar home and I just started scratching away, and song song lyrics came out, and and eventually over the years they kind of morphed into into poems. But they're very different beasts. I had to relearn the whole thing. To be a poet is very different to be a songwriter. And even Beatles lyrics, if you read them, it's like, Mm. eleanor rigby sits in the it's okay but when you hear it sung it is it is sublime mm. whereas a poem has to work on its own and to be able to do both is really really difficult very few people i think are really good at both because you you have to do something which fits in with music or something which has to have its own musical
0: set i.e a poem
2: mm-hmm.
0: perfect okay excellent uh, maria there's uh, something else on the padlet there
1: Thank you. Yeah. And that's interesting that you're talking about poetry, um, you know, Because Maya is asking, well, she says, first of all, she loves James Carter's poetry and she has the book Once Upon a Star. And she wants, she would like to know, how did you get into poetry? Can you get into poetry? How did you, or how did poetry find you?
2: Well, I I just experimenting and just reading lots of different things. I've always, always loved reading, but reading really kicked in for me in my teenage years. And I read mainly novels and I studied poetry at school and I quite liked that, but I never thought thought I was a poetry reader but when I started writing because I wanted to be a writer I started writing fiction because I thought well that's the thing that people write when you're a writer so I wrote fiction for five years and it was okay but then I tried a poem or two and suddenly I thought oh my gosh I can breathe I can be funny I can be serious I can be daft I can be stupid I can be philosophical I can be anything everything I want to be from one thing to the next and I've got a butterfly brain. I don't like spending too long on one because my concentration goes off to something else. So what I love is having a whole batch of poems and doing a little tweak on one and then a little tweakette on another and a tinker here. And I, my brain works far better like that. If I, I think if, if, I wrote, if, if I wrote a novel, my brain would crash. It'd be it'd be too much for my for my little don't brain. Believe but that. Just I don't believe I He's <laughs> working
0: on a novel now. He's just being I'm, quiet as well. Bless I love,
2: not absolutely love novels. I'm reading yes. a lovely book about Shakespeare at the moment, and Shakespeare's son. But I don't want to write one. It. I, I love I love the philosophy. He of the, says and the at the moment,
0: music. folks, watch this no, space. I'm, I'm you know, never say never. You know that. You know that. You know that bit. Lola's well, been. Yeah, absolutely. I, I never know.
2: thought I'd write. I, would, I might. I might. You see? Yeah. There number. we are. We're
0: talking in rounds. It's I get the deal though. I want the deal. Right. Lola's been in contact. How? can i write more poetry please lola says Uh, i don't have many ideas bless you my dear thank you so much how can lola write more poetry james lola okay here we go lola write a poem
2: about a dragon write a poem about custard write a poem about um your teacher write a poem about um the TV, write a poem about dust, write a poem about wallabies. The world is absolutely, yeah, write a poem about dung beetles. I, I don't think, you know, as an ambassador for National Poetry Day, I like telling people to write more poems about dung beetles. The world is full of things to write about. Or the most interesting thing for you probably to write about is your, is your own experiences. But if you write with rhyme for that kind of thing, you might end up with something like, I went to the beach, I sat on a peach, a seagull went screech and it just becomes a rhyme fest and you end up using words you don't really want to use. You could read some some poetry by Michael Rosen and you'll see a great many of his poems don't rhyme at all. And they're great for celebrating little tiny little moments and events in your life. And that's in a form called free verse. They've got little chopped up lines. It's like prose, but it's little chopped up bits. So the first thing and probably the most important thing we can write about is our own lives and celebrating little events. Like in my book, I've got the time I went to the shops with my brother and we bought some sweets or another time we went and saw the shooting star. Stars. i love writing about real moments but they're not easy to find a little quiet moment and celebrate it does take a bit of work but it's it's very enjoyable and, and really rewarding and it's like keeping a diary
0: but in po- in, in poetry form good wow. luck Lola. well done wow. uh, maria what
1: else have we got Thank you. So Casey is saying that she's loving the cover. Yeah, the cover is absolutely wonderful. Thank Can you. Can
2: I just say it's not my book. It's it's Neil's book as well. We share this book. I do feel that oh, that even though I initiated, it, and it's Neil Lathan is just such a lovely, lovely man. And look at the pictures of that lovely little that lovely little fairy and the football boot. And there's that girl playing the electric guitar. <laughs> It's He's just, so good at matching my moods If I'm being serious and reflective He can go there But if I'm being completely stupid He can be completely stupid And I love that And it's like know. Go on
1: We've had so many wonderful, um, you know, illustrators and writers, you know, that are joined together, you know, by this this wonderful invisible string of, of, of brilliance that, you know, one seems to read the mind of the other. I mean, it's just it's absolutely fabulous. And Simon is saying as well, we listened to you last year on Learn Radio when you did your catch up English lessons and my year five class loved it. Are you doing anything else like this?
2: Well, I do do Zooms and I absolutely love doing Zooms. And I do things with my plastic banana and my ukulele and my and so there's a lot of music and I read poems and I answer questions. I do like a Q&A because it helps to make Zooms more interactive. And then I've got my pad of paper here. We write a poem together and then they write a poem with me and then they write their own poems. And so it's like a condensed version of a day crammed into an hour. Or I can do a whole school thing. I can do reception all the way to year six and it's all age-appropriate. And sometimes I only scribe, but particularly with Key Stage Two, I get the children writing because it's all about the writing. I I like promoting my work. I have to, obviously, but more than anything else, I love getting children writing. It's 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 my job as a. It's 50% of my job, I'd say. The others and the 50% is me, loving doing my own writing
1: so oh, so Simon if you want
2: fabulous. to get in touch you're more than welcome to if you want to at any point Zoom, I try to make these Zooms as fun as possible because it's been a, a tricky old year as we're saying at the moment and so yeah, I like, like to have a bit of a hoot and I pretend to be sp- speaking to Beyonce or Dustbin Beaver or Fred Sheeran on my plastic <laughs> telephone and so we have a bit of a laugh Sheeran. but also Fred Sheeran and you know <laughs> Harry Smiles and the Tickle Mix group you know so, so I like to wind short up there cool. yeah, just having a bit of fun but also ultimately we get to the writing and that's what it's all about getting children sort of sucked into the experience and getting them doing it too and going wow i wrote
0: this brilliant and all the contact details are on the show page there simon if you want to look just go to learnradio.net forward slash james carter there are links to his website and all his email and contact details on as well Uh, still plenty of time to write on the padlock folks keep those questions coming uh you're are you a big Fan of the shaped poem. I enjoyed your shaped poems, James. We're, Thank you. We're, are you a big fan of shaped poems?
2: I am. I do absolutely love shaped poems, and I think that I think I'm a lot of. I'm frustrated at lots of things, and I'm a frustrated artist. I wanted to be really good at art, but in class, I look over at other people going oh gosh, they can draw a horse, that's really good. I could look at a horse, I just do a a rectangle with a couple of pointy bits coming off it. And, And so part of me wants to be an artist, but I'm not an artist, but I can write a poem with imagery. And that's a form of art, but I do like occasionally the challenge of turning a poem into, I never start with a shape. I don't think, oh, I do a river in the shape. I start the poem and go, Oh yeah I could t- I could do this as a shape what tends to happen is that I write the poem first so it works hopefully 100% as a poem and that it's sometimes very tempting to go off and shape it a bit but no I leave it to the uh- end and then I turn it into a shape But I'm not, there are far better shaped poets out there doing really fancy things. But my poems, I want them to be readable. So I don't make it too fancy because I want it to be really clearly read on the page. I'm always thinking that somebody picks up one of my books in a hurry and I want them to quickly get sucked into that experience. So I don't want to make it a a tricky reading experience. I want the words just to flow off into, into the mind's ear and mind's eye of the reader.
0: Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Maria, what have you got next?
1: Thank you, Russell. So, we'd like to talk to you a little bit about Neil Layton because we know that the book is illustrated by him. And Neil joined us last year on learnradio.net. I think it was hey. July the 22nd as our oh. guest. And, folks, yeah. you can listen again to that show on the site. You just have to search for Neil Layton to find his or any other author and illustrator. Now, James, what is it like working with an illustrator?
2: Well, it's kind of like it's, it's a weird thing because often I've never met Neil, for instance, and I've never met any of the illustra- illustrators for any of the, of the nonfiction series I've done. And so and also it's sort of kept away from me a bit. And I do like being kept away because there is that phrase too many cooks spoil the broth. And so I wait until the very end and they send me illustrations. And in the main, I trust people. So the thing is that when you're putting a book together, you've got a little, you've got a quartet. You've got an editor, you've got a designer you've got an illustrator, you've got me, and I don't want to have too many strong opinions. Go, oh, I like that, I don't like this, mm. I don't like that. So I try to hold back because I'm not an illustrator and sometimes I quickly judge something and think, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. But Neil Layton was just, every single illustration, i go, oh my gosh, he matched that completely. Because sometimes I've had a few poems in the past that the illustrator's been really good at doing the funny, funky stuff, but hasn't been able to quite capture the mood of a reflective piece. But oh my gosh, can Neil do that as well. So what was your question again? I've, I've kind of gone off on a little sidetrack there. No,
1: I think, you, I think you're answering it really, you know, what's it like explain working it? with but an it But, yes. it, but,
2: but it, you see, the thing is that illustrators are often unsung heroes. We often talk about the mm. writer, not the illustrator, but the m- me and him come together to create the, well, hopefully the alchemy that makes this book. But there's also designer and the designer has a lot to say and a lot to do. And I often on, on, on Twitter, I put, and thank you to the designer for this book, because she did some brilliant work too and and really it's the three with the four of us because you've got the editor as well it's really on the front of the book it should say words by James Carter, illustrations by Neil Layton, graphics by Ari and, and editorial support by Janetta or whatever because it's not just me it's those other people as well and I often take a back seat on illustrations because it's not my field but I just know with this book I was so happy
0: really
1: just, really happy it's just gorgeous i mean it's just absolutely fabulous now russell there's some more brilliant poetry coming up isn't there
0: there isn't just a second but dom has been in touch bless him so the Hi, beauty, of, <laughs> beauty of beauty um, of mr conlon why and does james carter they, just before you answer why does james carter choose to use poetry for his non-fiction now he says that and then I said I'm gonna ask the question and Don says oh don't mention me I don't want to barge in and have him distracted by being nice
2: <laughs> well the thing is that I did write a couple of non-fiction books for HarperCollins Big Cat series and I really like writing them but I was writing prose with full stops and commas and dashes and semicolons and I kind of felt I was wearing somebody else's shoes. It's not you, is it? It's just not it you. Wasn't, I mean, I do like I did quite like it. It actually was quite refreshing doing that Yeah. and made me rethink about how I structure a paragraph and how I how I give information over in a very short paragraph and then a different paragraph and a, and a subheading and, a, and all mm. that kind of thing. Mm. But I feel most alive as a writer when I'm writing not just rhyming verse but verse of any kind um it just and i think that it's really it's a great way to tell a story so a lot of my non-fiction books are narratives and the thing is that in the days of old they would tell stories through rhyming verse because it was memorable and musical and it had the flow and and you'd remember it because of the alliteration and Mm. the dare i say Russell and Maria, please say repetition.
0: Repetition.
2: Repetition. Please say repetition. <laughs> repetition. repetition. Please say repetition. It's that repetition. what we love Indeed. and why I children know. like on the ning nang nong, all I the cows know. go bonk, because they love the repetition. Yeah. And it's that repetition that sucks you in, and it's it's a lovely it's a it's it's a really reader-friendly way to receive information. Mm. Mm. If I'd written those books as prose, it would have been different. And I don't feel equipped to do that that's I I hope I'm answering this question right Dom but I um, hi Dom how are you Um, but I I just feel I just feel most me and most playful and lyrical when I'm writing sort of verse like that sure. it just it, it doesn't take a lot of of effort it's more effort researching it and having to keep out 99 percent of the information because it's a very short book that's what i spend more time on is what i don't put in than what i do and finding a little thread to then weave into Mm. into rhyming verse and i love that
0: challenge good excellent okay so a few more questions to get through so we'll just skate on a bit further. you have very kindly agreed to read two more poems from us this evening and i think we'd like to hear lullaby for a woolly mammoth that's on page 17 folks if you're following this page 17 lullaby for a i'm giving you the clue as well really almost hidden (laughs) no one would have ever noticed had you not said Page 17, we flick through the books. But 17, Carter, come on, open your books at page 17. Woolly Mammoth, off you go.
2: Okay, Maria and Russell, please repeat after me. Lullaby. 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 Too loud. Lullaby. Lullaby. Just weird. Not weird this time, just lullaby. 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 No, you were staggered that time together. (laughs) Okay. We've got to get this right or nobody goes out to play. Lullaby. 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 We better carry on. <laughs> for, um, I just wanted to do it called in response. Okay, me and the listeners. Okay, everybody out in the world, please repeat after me. Lullaby for a woolly mammoth. Woolly mammoth, hear me sing. Go to sleep, you hairy thing. You can snooze outside my door. Just as long as you don't snore. Come on, Shaggy. Shut your eyes. Now it's time for Betty Bye. good i finished, I
0: finished. Oh, we know we're just there's a poise <laughs> there it's got a, 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 a dramatic a pause dramatic pause there i well. do
2: a lot of that particularly with with younger children i do call and response it means that they're with you in fact everything i say if i go to an infant school i get them to repeat after me because rather than saying michael at the back are you still with me if sure. I do call and response, it means they're with me the whole time. And of teachers course. have said, James, I quite like the call yes. and response. Yep,
0: absolutely. It's a
2: it's a it's it's a form of and I don't like use the word control, but it is because it means the children are saying what you're saying. Mm. And it's just I found it's a yeah. really handy device. And it means that they're internalizing the yet the language that you're using. It's another way to get children into poetry is yep. by going, Hey little bug. Hey little bug, how do you hug? I know. And Perfect. it's just so it's it means that every, all the poems I've read that day they've said as well.
1: Lovely.
0: Now, Marie, you've got a quest- another question for um, James there.
1: Thank you. Yes, um, I'd like to talk a little bit about Steve. I know that you know you mentioned him before. Um, you know he is one of your musical friends. So just before we go into a musical break, uh, can you just tell us about Steve? What you know, who is he, and and where did he come from, and you know, and what does he look like?
2: Well, Steve is a. Uh, is a two and a bit octave keyboard, um, but it's not a, it's not an accordion, Mr. Prue. Like Mr. Prue thought it was, it's not an accordion. And because it's not plugged into the mains, it's James Carter powered. It's got a little placky tube, a little tube in which I blow. You see, if I just blow, nothing. And if I just play the keys, nothing. I have to do the the, the two at the same time. So we've got some. Um, <laughs> So that is a melodica or pianica, as they say in some countries. Um, and they're very popular, apparently, um, in Asia. they they used a lot, apparently, and, and they use used in reggae a lot. So... <laughs> And Bob Marley records and all kinds of things like that Um, and they're just such fun to play and nobody knows about them and so that you know I can take them to a school and immediately people are going what on earth is that so sometimes if I do Love You More I might introduce it with or if I'm doing a spooky one kind of thing it's, is full package. it's, it's the
0: full package isn't it we absolutely you see i didn't know you had to blow it. i know you played that on uh, <laughs> jamie's birthday I show can't. i didn't understand why you couldn't sing at the same time you see until james explained <laughs> you don't want me singing <laughs> blow not whilst Gosh. you're doing that as well uh, but you compose music as well and here is another of uh, james's brilliant this is called jangle still some more oh. time and we'll take your questions <laughs> after this James Carter on bongos. Love it.
1: You're listening to Maria and Russell. This is the After School Book Club on learnradio.net.
0: And it's a quarter to six, folks. If you've just joined us, we're chatting live to the incredible James Carter about his exciting new book, Weird, Wild and Wonderful. It's published and it's out now by Otter Barry Books. There's a purchase click-through link on the website there as well. All you need to do is go to learnradio.net forward slash James Carter. Maria, what do we have on the padlet next?
1: Thank you Russell. So Lorraine said she was a bit late to the show today but she's read the book and it is fantastic and James she'd like to ask you some questions as well. Of she course. says do you, do you write the book with a the theme in mind or do you organise the ones you already have written according to the themes?
2: Yeah it's it, that's a big question and I could spend hours telling you about different books and things. With this particular book, it's a best of. So it's mm. poems from 1997 to the present day. Um, the last poem I finished in there just over a year ago, She Watches the World, was the last one I finished to put it in. Um, with this one, I grouped it into three different things. Um, I'd already written a book called Cars, Stars, Electric Guitars. That was my first collection. I quite liked the three things. So I thought, oh, I want something. I wanted to do a book called World of Weird, but there have been lots of World weird since I came up with a poem called that. And then I came up with the idea weird, wild, and I think I was going to call it the weird, the wild, the wonderful, but Jeanette, Jeanette, my editor, rightly said, no, we don't need the definite articles. Weird, wild, and wonderful, the poetry world of James Carter. And I thought, yes, Jeanette, you're completely right. Um, and, I, and then I thought, well, I want to start off with funnies because children tend to read a poetry book unlike adults from start to finish. Adults dip in, and I thought, I'm not going to start with little quiet ones. I want to catch them early on with some funnies and some child-centered ones about families and school experiences so i did the weird the funny ones at the start the daft ones and then i went into wild uh, which is all about the natural world and then wonderful is about more spiritual things about friendship and and space and all that kind of stuff and sometimes i do write to a theme but i don't i think i like writing open most of all i don't I have written themed books, but in the main, I'm happy writing open. At the moment, I'm writing lots of stuff and I'm writing one about um, bug hotels. I'm writing one about hands and all kinds of different things. And I like the openness. Um, t- t- being tied to a theme does sometimes make you write mm. things that you later think, oh, I'm not so keen on that, but I needed another one to put next to the other mm. one I liked. Whereas mm. I find if I'm writing open, see, none of the poems in here, I thought, oh, I need to fill that. The, I, I had thousands of poems to choose from. And generally they were poems that 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 seemed most popular that people have asked for like Love You More had been read at funerals and weddings and birthday parties The Dark had been read out on, it, on the internet in, in India which, which I loved and mm. and so things that people once responded to and sometimes they've been used as writing models in schools And so I just put everything in that people seem responded to and I've been least nervous about this book, least anxious about this book than any other because in the main people had said nice things about these poems I wasn't pushing 45 new Poems into the world, and usually I duck my head down or go and hide in a shed for a year after a book's been
1: published. Well, you you, you you don't you don't need to because because Lorraine is Thank saying you. the book the book the poem called Between the Dog and the Wolf is so moving and oh, thought provoking oh. and so much in I this book for teachers you, to pick up. Oh, it's just wonderful. So, a brilliant job, James. Thank you. Thank you so much. Russell, what else do we have on the paddler? Uh,
0: Bethany's been in contact, a long time listener. Hi, Bethany, h 10. Thank you so much. I love writing silly poems, Bethany says, so I'm just interested. (laughs) Would you rather write a poem about a dancing chicken? or a singing <laughs> hippopotamus i think Gosh. the silly poems are the best because no. you can do whatever you want you with can. them You can go completely so hippo away. or can the chicken
2: I, I gotta go chicken because my, my my eldest daughter lauren she often calls us chickens and so i yeah i've heard a few hippo poems already actually i'm gonna go for chicken i go for what was a laughing chicken was it
0: a uh, dancing well, well oh gosh, there's could a, there's be dancing and laughing there. of course or a no, singing hippopotamus dan-
2: dancing prancing laughing and you can get into lots of lovely gerunds there with the ings are like yeah i'm gonna go for the chicken bethany okay it's 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 a no-brainer for me hippos yeah but chickens
0: chickens have it there and bethany you can, you good can answer do a little
2: bit of i'm doing i'm impersonating a chicken as, as i'm sat you can't see it but i am flapping oh
0: i think you we can, can. You, you, i think you, you we can, can you,
2: your mind's eye you know you can flap around you can get those wings going and you could do a little funky chicken t- oh yeah
0: oh i love it and if you
2: want to look for a good book about funky chickens uh, benjamin zephaniah's brilliant second collection I after know. talking turkeys was called funky chickens and oh. they're both brilliant books do you know I benjamin that,
0: do you know him we're trying I, to get him I on the show he hates I, I twitter he's so anti-twitter yes, he's so anti-twitter oh can you put yeah, a word like, in we'd love him we'd love him
2: can do oh thank you so much name drop name drop yes oh
0: and and me too Uh, absolutely he's got the brain the size of a planet absolutely he literally has and the heart the size of the universe oh you don't often get those two together as well maria what else do we have on the padlet?
1: oh thank you well james lola has been inspired by you so lola has said mummy helped me write this haiku so here we go custard is yellow i pour it on my apple pie warm in my tummy Oh Lola, that's wonderful! <laughs> Thank you so much, James, for inspiring. That was
2: she... delicious. You can't see me, but I'm having to, I have to sort of wipe, wipe my face because I'm salivating, <laughs> I'm dribbling and drooling. That was—I love custard and I love that poem. You see, oh. that's the kind of thing you can do with a poem. You can write about literally anything. And John Hegley showed me this. You can write a poem about a dog. You can write a poem about a shed, or wearing glasses, or people who don't wear glasses. And and that he opened up the. So I thought, hang on a minute, I'm going to be like John Hegley. Obviously not as good, but I'm going to write about everything. And you've written, people do not write an act. If I can use a technical term, what you've written there is actually a senryu. Because a Japanese friend of mine, he said that when you write a comedy haiku, it's a senryu. S-E-N-Y-R-U. So the fairy tale poems in this book, Weird, Wild and Wonderful, They're little haikus, but because they're comedy and they're about fairy tales, um, they're called senru. So you've got a you've got a custard senru there brilliant
1: you've heard it it here first listeners i didn't know about that what about what else have we got russell
0: casey's been on Uh, hello good afternoon casey Casey. just read the moon speaks brilliant casey says i'm hoping some of the uh, parents of our reading mini club and bring um uh, yes and uh, bring some smiles to our junior chemo patients well bless you casey thank you so much well smiles are very important no matter where you are in your life and if uh, a good author like James, can bring some extra smiles uh, to your patients, then all the better. Thank you so much indeed for that. Thank you. Still plenty of time to write on the Padlet. Um, He's not going for another seven minutes yet. We'll just pull this lever here when it's time to go. Uh, James, it'll sound as if we're hanging up on you, but just hang on in there. Don't go go anywhere as well. Um, I'd like to know what you're currently working on at the moment.
2: Um, Can you okay, tell us? I tried, well, I'll well, I, I, I tell you why I'm not going to tell you, because I've got a, fr- a friend of a friend. Every mm-hmm. time I meet him, he says, oh, James, I've got a new idea for a book. And I go, go on, Greg. And he goes, it's this, this and this. And I go, OK. And he goes, and this and this. I go, oh, well, that sounds fantastic. I say, Greg, will you this time write that book? He says, yes, I will. I'll send it to you. He started telling me things about 30 years ago. He's never written a book because he says it. And because I think that sometimes if, if, if you say the thing, it vaporizes it into the ether. If you keep it to yourself as a little secret, you're more likely to do it. And it keeps coming back to you, go, oh, write that one about the, um i i think it's best if i don't tell people because there's nothing worse people say i'm going to write a book about custard and it's going to have pink custard and yellow custard and hey maybe green custard for halloween and people say if you've written the custard book well no but so that's the way i feel i'm working on a few things at the moment but um I'm am trying to write. Well, I can tell you, I'm trying to write a few more non-fiction things. But the publishing world, because of the pandemic, at the moment is going very slowly. So nobody's in a real hurry to publish things. And I'm hoping, fingers crossed, to do another book with Neil.
0: I will mm. say no more. But watch okay. this space, man. Oh, the, the mysteries of James Carter yeah. really good. Uh, Casey's been back in, oops, uh, hoping some parents of the junior members will buy the book. Excellent. I see what you're saying there. Casey, thank you so much for the correction. Yes, there's a link on the page there. Go forth and buy. Now, uh, your third and final reading this afternoon is called angel nurse it's on page 79 james so i'll give you a couple of seconds to Thank turn to that page that. as well and we are right. ready for that and uh, there's still a few more minutes on the show folks for you to get your questions in to james uh, immediately after this james we're ready for you you never quite know when you've
2: met an angel one may appear at any time at all it won't have wings it won't wear white Its angelness will be invisible to the eye. Its human disguise will be perfect in every way. And there'll be nothing glamorous, just the quiet, everyday business of watching and waiting in case you
0: fall. Amazing, absolutely amazing. where did you get the idea for that from? (laughs) Um, I got that from two things.
2: Um, When I read the book, the wonderful, brilliant modern classic that is Skellig by David Almond, I thought I've got to write about an angel, but I can't do it like he did. And so that's really, I think a lot of writers thought I want I wish I'd written that book. And that's one of the, the few books I genuinely genuinely would have loved to, to have written. Um, so I had the angel thing in the back of my head on the back burner. And I've also saw a film called The Wings of Desire, a European film about angels that look after humans. And there's a lovely shot of all these angels on the building of a, of a roof on rooftops looking down in the streets, watching people as they cross the road to see if they cross carefully. And I thought, oh, so angels wouldn't have wings. And, and so that sort of settled in my mind. Mm. And then and then I thought, I'm gonna try it one day. And I started writing it, typing, typing, typing. I did a whole page of stuff and I thought, brilliant. And I looked at it and I thought, oh no, it's not working. And I tried it again and, and I thought, but the idea is really good and I like the idea, but the version of it just wasn't working. So I, I put it to one side, I left it for about a year. But I came back to and I thought, oh it's not a long waffly poem it's a little short poem and so i just got the little tiny bit and i chopped it up a bit and gave it the right beginning and then and then i sat with that for one thought oh it could be a kind of weird angel shape something that looks a bit otherworldly i could try that and so it came in little stages but it's always about not being in a rush I'm never in a hurry to finish anything and I hate it when somebody says James hand the book in." I go oh no I can't tweak it anymore and I've got a book I've got to hand in very soon and I, I don't want to
0: Russell I don't want to okay I know what you say. don't want to press you in a rush now tip. but we are three minutes to okay. six uh, Maria you've got <laughs> something else now. but hey let's rush him now come oh, on <laughs> rush yes
1: me. you've talked you talked about um, your musical instruments just just remind us of the last one the last wonderful musical accompaniment that you have
2: how do you mean
1: you had so you had you've got steve you've I've got, got steve eric the i've
2: got eric yeah. and the guitar and so i so what i do i write little little pieces on the guitar here um and the guitar i suppose i shouldn't say this
0: is more my instrument than the other two so and does it have a name surely it has a name what's the guitar called it's called keith keith there we are you see i hadn't got keith's name down i didn't write keith's name okay what does what else does keith do so he does little things like
2: this he does little instrumentals um can he play closer to the microphone by any chance
0: he can do but then i've got to get <laughs> i just want to see you bend over really tight there that's good we got that we got that
2: wow so we'll do lots of little things like this but also like i quite like doing things like
0: nice yeah amazing that's enough otherwise we really will have to pay a royalty to the yeah. artist for that as well wow i think
2: it's in the ether now that one i think it's you know oh, that's that okay yeah. yes
0: as long as the artist has passed on as well we're okay with that thank you Should so i tell
2: you a secret much. i was once in a band who was produced by um the guy who wrote that song smoke on the water
0: it's a small world isn't it but that's
2: it? that's something i can tell you about another time
0: brilliant well uh mitchell on the contact page thank you so much i'm really looking forward to this guest i've heard him before he's such a laugh thanks for the reminder have a good one mitchell that's such a great name thank you so much what a great name there as well uh, and he is such a great laugh and that's why we've enjoyed him so much this afternoon james thank you so much you've been absolutely My absolute pleasure. stunning absolutely stunning folks and don't forget to. Marie. you've been both been absolutely phenomenal thank oh you're so really kind don't you. stop so Cheers, Jenki. and Vilka Jenke. Vilka Jenke. Wilke and, Jenke. Thank, thank Excellent. Uh, don't forget, we have teamed up with the fabulous Tony Higginson from Beyond Books. He's an independent online bookshop to offer you a link to Tony's order page on the show page just go to learnradio.net forward slash James Carter it's all there as well I've really enjoyed this the book is recommended for seven to nine year olds however I have to say James I'm many more times that age and I thoroughly enjoyed it this is a book Thank for you. all ages I don't know what the publishers doing I seven think it's nine for seven
2: either. to seven hundred and seventy seven year olds absolutely that, that was my that was my remit with
0: this one <laughs> there's so much you can do with this book as well uh, Maria you. just really really quickly you'd use this in the classroom wouldn't you oh
1: absolutely this book is just my cup of tea and a couple of biscuits as i usually say it's fabulous thank you james so much thank you for
0: your very kind words oh you are very we have thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this uh this uh will be up again as a podcast and we'll publish it on spotify and into apple podcasts as well it is just going to be a great one as well uh thank you so much indeed i've really enjoyed that i'm just making sure we have absolutely covered everything i think we have haven't we really yes we've really enjoyed that as well thanks james you've been absolutely fantastic um so I, are you mr prue i really enjoyed the show as well just absolutely excellent uh listeners don't forget just before we say final ta-ta to james don't forget our next author next bit is dan walker he'll be reading from the light hunters uh, and looking forward to reading that as well. So we are at it again at 5pm next Wednesday here on the After School Book Club. James, thank you so much indeed. Whatever you're doing. Always a pleasure with you, Russell. Go in thank peace you, Maria. and look after yourselves. And thank you so much thank indeed you. for joining us. We've absolutely, uh, absolutely thoroughly loved it. James Carter, ladies and gentlemen, well done. Uh, this show will be up for as a podcast as soon as we can. Thank you so much indeed for listening. Until then, it's goodbye from her.
1: And it's goodbye from him. That's the end of our live studio broadcast for the moment.